Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, happy Monday. Welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I am so excited to welcome Brandon Cohen, the CEO and founder of Liquid IV to the show. Brandon started Liquid IV in 2012 when he was just 24 years old with a game-changing product, an electrolyte drink mix that utilizes breakthrough science of cellular transport technology to deliver hydration and other key nutrients into your bloodstream faster and more efficiently than water alone. Eight years later, Liquid IV has now sold over 100 million servings of their breakthrough hydration multiplier product. They've also donated over 5 million servings to people in need around the world, from communities in Nepal to Haiti, through their brand mission of one serving donated for every one serving purchased. The company's also taken on an all-star team of backers, from Kendall Jenner to Justin Bieber, Gary Vaynerchuk, Steve Aoki, Maria Shriver, and more, that have rallied around the brand and skyrocketed it to be the go-to brand in hydration. In this episode, Brandon tells us how he's defining what it means to hydrate, how he scaled a business while staying true to its give-back mission, some of their craziest but smartest brand pivots, and how we can help Liquid IV give back during COVID-19. Here's my friend, Brandon Cohen. I always like to start the show, tell us where you're from and where you live now. Cool. I'm from uh, Manhattan Beach, California. I grew up in the South Bay, and now I live in Playa Vista. I've moved all over the place. I've lived in other states, but I when Liquid IV got going, I sort of got rooted right back here. And I love Playa Vista. My whole life, I wanted to be a professional athlete. Like I played basketball and golf in high school. And then my goal, once I got a college golf scholarship, was to be a pro golfer. My senior year, I actually had a couple of injuries. I had a shoulder and a wrist injury, I had a couple of injuries. And I sort of realized that I wasn't going to be a professional golfer. And it was like this sort of realization, like, what the hell am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know, I'm turning 22 years old and I don't have a plan now. And so I went to the dean of the business school. And I really thought this one entrepreneurship class was really cool. I wanted to get into it, but I didn't have any of the prereqs to get in. You know, I, I begged him enough times. Finally, he was like, you know, I'll let you in the program, but just don't let me down. You know, you, he's like, you didn't send me an email. Like you actually came to see me. I'll let you in, but don't let me down. And this was in 2010 um, during the Haiti earthquake. And we did this project and we were able to get over 20,000 meals sent to the people of Haiti. And wow. We got all this press, got all over the news. And it was like my first taste of like business, doing good for other people. And I just, my soul was on fire. I was like, wow, I'm actually passionate about something besides playing sports. And the long story short is I actually won Entrepreneur of the Year, my senior year at LMU, and I wasn't even supposed to be in the program. And so that's when I realized- You definitely didn't let the dean down. He always tells that story now when I go speak there. He's like, well, I told him not to let me down and he hasn't let me down. So yeah, that was sort of my first taste of entrepreneurship. And I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, but I knew that that was something that really got me excited. And then I actually went to go work in professional sports for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And all of the players on the team 
you know, I was, you know, I was 22, 23 years old. I became friends with a few of the players on the team and I would go down into the dugout and into the clubhouse before the games and they were all drinking Pedialyte. And I was like, why are the best athletes in the world drinking a drink that's designed for little kids? And so I was always into optimization and health and wellness, but never like a scientist or anything like that. You know, as I talked to the nutritionists and the trainers, they explained this science in it called oral rehydration therapy. And it was actually invented by the World Health Organization back in the 1970s for people in underdeveloped nations who would attract diseases like cholera and their digestive systems would get totally racked out. So it's like if you or I get the stomach flu and you like can't hold anything down and you're really sick and dehydrated, you go to the hospital and you get an IV put in your arm because that's the only way that you can actually get the nutrients into your bloodstream. Well, in these underdeveloped countries, they didn't have access to products like these. And so this really simple solution, sodium, glucose, and potassium, was clinically proven to get more water to absorb in your bloodstream. So I started doing all this research and it was deemed one of the best medical advancements of the 20th century. And I was like, this is crazy. So you're telling me that people are using it to save lives around the world. And the only product here in the United States is made for babies with a bunch of preservatives and artificial crap in it. So the original idea was what if you could, you know, build upon this like really sort of secretive hydration science and put a cool adult lifestyle brand, make it non-GMO, make it really healthy, and then really build upon it, you know, in terms of the science as well. So that was like the very first idea. We got into one Whole Foods in 2015. I would sample and demo the product every weekend by myself. And we became the top selling item in that Whole Foods. We got into one more Whole Foods in 2015. Sort of the rest is history. It's been five years of like, we went from that one store to now we're in over 30,000 stores across the country. And it's just been a wild ride of stories and stuff in between that I'm sure we can get into. (laughs) But so I know that you have worked through cellular transport technology, and I'm wondering if you can tell everybody what that is, how it was discovered, and how you use it today, just for the people that have literally no idea what it is. Yeah, of course. So (laughs) the whole idea is that we develop this science where it helps water get absorbed into your bloodstream faster. So normally when you drink a bottle of water, the reason why you always hear that you have to drink like eight to 10 glasses of water a day is because the water you're drinking doesn't actually get absorbed. All of it, all of it doesn't actually get absorbed into your bloodstream, right? So hydration really is not just about intake of water, but it's about uptake to your cells. And so what we did with sodium, glucose, and potassium is that it gets absorbed much earlier on in your digestive system, and therefore you absorb a lot more of it. So the easiest way to think about it is when you drink a bottle of water, your body can probably absorb about 25% of the water that you actually drink. The rest gets wasted. And when you That's mix it? it, yeah. Depending on your body composition and how dehydrated you are, how much you've worked out, or if you're healthy, I, of all people, I should know how important hydration is. And it's still hard for me to drink enough water, right? And so the whole idea is when you mix sodium, glucose, and potassium, which is really CTT at specific ratios, it helps that water absorb much faster. So when you only absorb about 25% of the bottle width, which is plain water, you can absorb like 75 to 80% with liquid IV in it. So it just makes it a lot more efficient, the water you're drinking. The big vision sort of came together when we were wondering if we could use this science to help other nutritional payloads get into the bloodstream. And so that's when we developed our sleep product, which takes melatonin, and that also gets pulled in along with the CTT. And then we have an energy product that we just launched, which is blowing up, which is super exciting. That's it's awesome. like a matcha and guy used the product. It's green. It's super healthy. Do you feel like you had a, you were like operating kind of at a loss in the sense of like, you didn't have a science background and you are in an industry that like, does have a lot to do with science and like health and the body? I think, honestly, it was, it turned into a strength. Like 
the way I saw it was like, I wasn't going to come at it with the same approach that other people had. Like I wanted something that was functional, also cool and had a good, like a lifestyle brand with it. My dad always tells me like aces and spaces. Like I knew my aces were like the lifestyle piece and, and understanding how people were going to use the product. The space was maybe the, the scientific piece a little bit. Again, I, I was always into health and optimization. So I knew a lot about it, but actually formulating was not something I was going to do. So I knew to go find the best people to do that. And so I always thought of it as a strength. I was going to change the mold a little bit of what, you know, the drink like this would, would taste, feel and, uh, you know, do for your body. So you're a young founder. You started the company at 24, if I'm right. Correct. What are your thoughts on being, on having been a young founder? Um, am I not young anymore? <laughs> oh my God. You totally just made me feel like an asshole, but you know what I mean? No, no, like starting saying, a company at 24 is a massive feat. And I think that there's a lot of like fake entrepreneurship right now. I think that there's like a ton of companies. I think the bubble is really, really, really big. And I'd love to hear your point of view when it comes to people who are just really, really captivated by that world and want to start something young and what that means. Yeah. You know, when I was in entrepreneurship classes at the end of college, and then I was starting, it wasn't as cool to be an entrepreneur as it is like now. To be honest with you, to, to be totally transparent with you. I just don't think that much about, I haven't had time to think that much about other people or I've had other entrepreneurs come to me and say like, doesn't it bother you? Like all the fake entrepreneurs out there. And I'm like, honestly, I just am so laser focused on what we're doing. Like we have this mission to change the world. Like, and I think most of the real ones probably are so caught up in what they're doing and their mission and their purpose that they're not really that worried about that. As I've spoken at more things and, you know, I love inspiring and helping other, other entrepreneurs. Like they just, they got to be in it for the right reasons. You know, totally. like for me, it was just such a clear, first, it was about the science that I wanted to bring to people. And then our mission and my personal purpose and my true North has become so clear over the last three or four years of, we call it CTW or change the world. And I just want to like, I've been here for 30 years and let's say I have 40 or 50 years left to leave like the, the best, biggest lasting impact on the world that I can. Like, I feel like I've done a great job for 30 years now. I've loved my life. I had fun. I did golf. I did all this stuff. And now I'm just so clear that I, this is what I want to do. I want to help the most amount of people possible live their best life. And so that purpose has made entrepreneurship. I, I don't really even use that word. Like I just, it's just what I do. It's just who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. I think that's important. That's like a mantra that I've tried to give myself as well for the past year. Like I love the like blinders on. I think it's really, it's so difficult right now. Like there's like, if you open up your Instagram or Twitter or whatever social media you're on, like you're inundated with so much information and so many other people who are hustling and trying to make it. And oh my gosh, it it's really distracting and it's difficult. I really think it's like a key to just staying in your lane and like focusing on what you started and keeping going with it. So interesting you say blinders. One of my buddies started this shirt company called Cuts and they're doing really well. And, you know, we sort of draft off each other sometimes. Like it's good to have that energy around, right? Totally. We went to like a dinner probably like two years ago. It was in Hollywood. I don't typically venture that way. I like to stay over by the beach and more chill over here, less anxiety. But I went to this dinner and it, it was an awesome dinner. It really was. It was like a full round table, probably 12, 15, like entrepreneurs. And my buddy, because he's competitive and because he knows he actually could go do some of these other things, we drove there together and we were driving home. And he's like, man, I just, I know I could go do that one better. And like, I could do all these different things. And I was like, dude, it's not a like, whether you can or you can't, it's like, you have this incredible opportunity in front of you right now. Like, don't get distracted. Like, 
go deep in what you're doing right now and be really good at that. I think today, again, it has to do with just having so many resources and so many options readily available to us that I think people forget about starting companies and it being a marathon and not just like a really, really short race that you're running around the park. Yeah. I, even I got into that in the beginning, you know, it was like, it feels like things will happen quicker and I've loved every second, but now you're like eight years in, right? And it's like, now it's starting to happen, right? Like, you know, the last probably year, six, seven, eight, or when things really started to pop. And it's, it's a balance between, it's like the seam between being so, not anxious, but so like these big goals and, and ambitions. That's what I'm looking for. Like huge ambition, but also patience. And when you can marry those totally. things together, it's magic, right? Totally. If you're just patient all the time, like you're never going to be pushing things enough. Like ambition makes you push the envelope, but you got to, like have that patience to know that it's going to work out eventually. Right. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering from Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness. I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? So you're young, you're 24, you have this idea to start the company. What was the first move that you made in an effort to build the thing? Let's see. I actually went back to LMU where I went to school um, and I had always sort of brought the professor, the dean, like th different business ideas. And he would always tell me they were stupid. And this one, he was like, this one, this one actually has some legs. It's pretty interesting. Like, why don't you pitch it to one of my classes and I'll give you five students for the semester to work on the business for you. That'll be their grade in the class. And so it gave me some like free labor right away when I really had no yeah, cash. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so that, that was cool. And then, and then I started working on getting samples of the product made. You know, I, I put my life savings into it at the time. It was like $8,000 me and my two other co-founders put in. And it was enough to just get some samples of the product made. You know, we had nothing, no office. We, you know, we were all, I was sleeping on their couch. You know, we were in a one bedroom, the three of us. And we got some samples made. And the idea was if we had this product that we could actually hand to people, the students were going to spread it around LMU. And we just wanted to get it into like one or two stores to prove that it would sell. And so once we got it into the stores, we would have all the college kids send those people to the stores right off campus to buy it. After a couple of months, we had, we had some data to show that like, hey, when we put the product in the store, it sells. And so with that data, I knew we'd, we'd be able to take that potentially to investors to raise money, which allow us to scale. Really, I guess the mindset was really like, like, how do we show enough proof of this concept to get some people to give us money so we could actually go build this thing and scale it the way we want to? And what was different about us is like a lot of my buddies started online businesses where they didn't need to raise money. And it was just sort of the nature of my strengths where I wasn't ever a techie as, you, as you've seen. I'm not very a, a really a techie person. Um, but like in person and people is kind of like my thing. And so getting into the store, having the guy put it on the shelf for free, I was like, hey, just put it on your shelf. If it sells, I'll come back in a week and then you can buy it. I'm assuming you, know, you probably like didn't need a ton of shelf space. Interestingly enough, we started in liquid form. We did need refrigerator space. We had like a bottle ready to drink. And so it actually started selling, but people wanted then to buy it online. We had a website too. And it was so expensive to ship that we were actually losing money on our online orders and getting refrigerator space. It's so smart that you brought that up. Getting refrigerator space was really, really hard. So we eventually switched to these stick packs because it would be cheaper to ship and we could just stick them right by the cash register at stores. And so that like, they didn't have to make any space for us at all. 
And so, yeah, we were in bottled to start. It was too expensive. We couldn't get refrigerator space. And then we thought, okay, well, we could do both maybe potentially, but this would at least allow us to get on the shelf. And I always have this idea in my mind that there's like something so cool and sexy about like this ready to drink, like on the shelf. And the funniest part is as the business is growing and it's become so cache, our product, like people love bikers, put it in their, you know, in their bike bag. Like you can travel with it through TSA. Like it's at Hudson News. When you walk in the, the airport, the most traveled place in all retail is the water cooler through security because you can't bring water through. So you go there. Now we have our, you know, our thing like stuck on the refrigerators right there. Right. So it's become so like for athletes, for business professionals, for moms, like the stick is like this cool thing. And like, it's so funny. We kind of like, we didn't create that, but what we did create was, so we used to have powder, just full powder with scoop inside it's these like couches. Scoop thing. Okay. And like, but that's like scoop, right. So we had the, powder. Like protein powder, right? So we had the sticks and boxes, but we didn't have them in the bag. And people would, you know, buy the bag, put it in their cupboard, and open it like cereal, and shut it and open it. And we had like the freshest ingredients. Like that was one of our things. We were gonna have no preservatives, which meant when you open and shut it, it would sometimes clump a little bit, right? With like, you know, when it, when we got exposed yeah. to the air, like it would crystallize. And then also when we were started shipping it to hot places like Hawaii or Arizona it would get there and it would be like totally crystallized. It was totally fine. It wasn't like bad for you, but, and so it was like, all of a sudden I started getting calls from like our Hawaii stores and they're like, dude, your product is like rock hard. Like what's going on? And the product and you're was like, fine. That's it. My business is over. Literally. I was like, we're done. <laughs> we're like, we, it was like, like, we put all this money into this thing. It was done. We quickly figured out two things. One that we could change the formula slightly. Again, this was like way early on before anyone really knew about the product. We could change it slightly to adjust for that. And then also, we thought, what if you could put sticks inside the bag? And everyone, all of our suppliers were like, "There's, you can't put sticks in a bag. Like no one does that. We don't have machines for it. I was like, well, we want to do it. It's going to create this really cool experience. Like you get to tear it, pour it in the bottle. Um, it won't be clumping inside the bag. And so now if you look around the market, we created that. It's now our number one selling item is our pouch with the sticks. And every little copycat has done the exact same thing. So everyone's like, oh, sticks in a bag. I'm like, we did that out of a complete need. We were like, that's had amazing. no other choice. And now it's like, that's the cool thing. So it went from bottles to now like sticks in a bag is like, is like what we do. That yeah. was because we had no other choice. We just came up with it. The first supplier said they wouldn't do it. And then, so we're like, okay, we'll go to somebody else. Then since we said that, they were like, okay, we'll build the machine. We'll figure it out. Now all of them do that because they have all these yeah. other brands who do it now too. And honestly, like it's brilliant because when I was traveling a ton, I used to have to bring this like big protein powder like thing with me all the time. And now I take the six and I'm sure that that's a, a massive thing for your business, especially because you do target people on the go. I'm obsessed with consumer behavior. I think it's, I'm really always just so, I try to be in tune as I possibly can with like what people are interested in and like why they're mm-hmm. paying attention to it and like why they're focusing on it. Even if it's like the weirdest things from like TikTok to like things that we're eating, but like to gain a consumer's trust to put something in their body and like drink it on a daily basis must have been a really tough feat. Huge challenge. Yeah. What went into like the education of that, especially because you were, as you have been saying, kind of the first of its kind sticks in a bag. Like what went into that from like education to marketing to just getting people to being like, all right, I'll try it. Yeah. I think one, it started with the science and that the product actually has to work. So if you're just a marketing thing, then you could probably build a business, but it's just not long-term and sustainable. So one, we knew that the science was like, it like really works. Like we would get like, you, you, could, you can feel the hydration, right? We would give it to people. People would try and be like, wow, I need to buy more of that, right? 
our whole strategy to keep it really simple, you know, you have all these marketing people will tell you all these big terms about what they did. We just call it sticks and hands. Like our whole thing to get people to know and trust was just like, you have to try it. Like my friend, you know, started movement, the watch company, or these guys cuts the shirts. I'm a guy, I know what I can see an ad online and be like, Oh, I like that watch. I know what a watch feels like. I'm buying that. Or like a shirt. Oh, that's a cool color. And like, I think it's going to fit. Like it looks like it fits right. Okay, cool. I can buy that with the product that you literally put in your body, a functional product that you have to feel right. Like it doesn't matter how cool of a video we make or a commercial we put somewhere, whatever. Like if you don't try it and like it, like it's going to be really hard to sell the product. So we talked about CTT. We had a little thing that shows like drinking one is like basically like drinking three bottles of water, all good. But the bottom line is just getting sticks in people's hands. So we would sample like crazy, whether it was digital sampling or at Whole Foods or at Costco or at big events where we could get sticks in people's hands, like Super Bowl or Coachella or sporting events. Our whole thing was like, we wanted to make sure to get the product in people's hands. And it was expensive to do that. But once they tried it, we were confident we were going to acquire a customer. And that's really has been what's happened, right? Like we, we believed in our, we bet on our product, right? That's really what we did. We bet on our product. And that was the number one way until you try it. And you're like, wow, after my workout, I felt a little bit better. Or like, after I went out last night and had one too many glasses of Cabernet, like I didn't have a headache this morning or whatever that is for you, right? Like, Have you had any like medical downsides or like ridiculous story in terms of like navigating conversations with people who are trying to use it as like a full alternative to water? Yeah, people, people try all kinds of things. We've had like people like, you know, wanting to give it to their pets. <laughs> We've had people like, you know, like eating it straight. Like, no, you need to pour it in water all kinds of odd things. But uh, overall, I mean, what, I, what I've, I used to like do the customer service myself, actually, you know, obviously in the beginning, you know, what we've learned is like, just to be like really straightforward with how to use it. And sometimes you think you're being like over, like you almost feel like it's like stupid to say it, but I've just learned to say it and get it out there. And that way people know like how to use it. So we've like, we have very clear instructions all over the line, online, our, our packaging, our sticks, everything like that. Yeah, I noticed like, because I always ask for like press releases before this, like the press release for you in the bio was like very strictly like, this is a drink that goes in 16 ounces of water. And I was like, there's a reason they're telling people that. That's exactly right. <laughs> there's there's that part for the people who are ridiculous. And then the other thing is, I'm just obsessive with the, the consumer experience. And so like when people sometimes pour it into like a glass and they like think it's more like a shot, like it doesn't taste good. And I like that bothers me, right? Where like people mix it in it. So like, I just, I really like, it's funny. People always make fun of when I'm with someone, I like really want them to do it right. I'm right. like, want them to tear to be good. I want them to pour the right amount of water. And so by telling them how much water to put it in, it's helped just at least like get, have that, their experience be, you know, more uniform. Yeah. It's consistency. I love that. That's awesome. Exactly. Is there a success story that stands out most to you in the past couple of years that you want to share? You know, in, in light of what's going on recently, like, uh, we've been getting some incredible stories of people who got COVID, you know, get super dehydrated from it and wouldn't, you know, that I got this message I posted on, on, on Instagram. They, their doctor said they like, they wouldn't have made it without this product. And now the wow. doctor's like sharing it with all their other. So like gives me, you know, I read this email, I like got total, you know, chills. Cause it's just like, you know, this idea that, you know, was meant to just help like everyday people now is like, you know, saving lives in some, in some regards, which is just like wild to think about. There's another, another group of people, uh, there's a syndrome called POTS. I don't know what, all about it, but it's essentially where you get, it's called dysautonomia and you get really dehydrated, like the number one symptom. I think it's that your heart beats too fast and you get really dehydrated and they like can't drink enough water. So they always have to get IVs and go to the hospital. 
And so we've like become the unofficial like hydration drink of uh, dysautonomia or POTS. And so it's the wow. number one POTS doctor in the country recommends it. And if you go read our reviews or comments and stuff, like this community has just like totally joined with us and like spread the word about it. And, you know, they'll write these stories about how it's changed their life. They used to have to get like multiple IVs a week and now they don't have to. And it's just like, man, this is what it's all about, you know? That's incredible. But I'm sure that's not a an unfamiliar feeling to you. I mean, you, you have built an entire business that's also based on giving back and changing the world. You know, when you get, when you, when you're running the business, you're thinking about, you, you're sort of behind the curtain. A lot of times you're not in the early days, I was connecting with the consumers all the time, whether I was in the store or talking to customers online or on the phone. So you get a little bit removed. So when I get those, I'm telling you, like I, they never get old. Like they literally make everything that we do every day worth it because That's awesome. you know, you work so hard and you push through so many obstacles and there's so many challenges and like all these things that no one even knows about that you're going through on a personal level, business level. And when you get these messages, like, dang, that's why we do it right there. Like, that is the reason we do this. Yeah. And I saw on your Instagram that you guys have donated over 2 million sticks during COVID. And I think you just hit a 5 million mark since you guys started worldwide, right? Got it. Yeah. That's incredible. For people who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about the mission from the beginning in terms of how you guys are giving sticks around the world? And then we'll get into the COVID bit. Yeah. So it started with like, you know, the science for this product was originally developed to help people who were dying from diseases around the world, right? Dying from dehydration. And so I always knew that part of the business, I wanted to, you know, have an, a huge give back platform. Like, you know, I wanted to build this commercial platform where we could help people every day who could afford to buy our product and at the same time, make those people feel a part of something bigger as well. And so it's not like revolutionary what we did with our original mission, which was like one for one with each purchase we would donate a serving to someone in need around the world. So we've been to places like Haiti and Uganda and Nepal. And when you go to these underdeveloped nations, it's like, it just totally is like life-changing. It's just, a, it puts everything in perspective about how fortunate we are. And like, it doesn't matter how many times people tell you, like it sounds so cliche, but like, I just recommend for any young person, if you can go to an underdeveloped nation, have you, have you been able to go? Yeah. Where'd you go? Quite a few times. When I was in high school, I was a part of an organization where they basically let me go to a different place every summer wow. that I wanted to. Um, so I spent a month in India. I was in like Rajasthan in an orphanage helping rebuild. That was insane. Wow. I was in Tanzania for a little while. And then I was like all through Southeast Asia. So I was like in Thailand and Vietnam. And it was, I mean, I think India was the most like impactful, but it's, I could not agree with you more that like, I do not think that where I am professionally, personally, or like the person that I am today would be the same if it wasn't for the fact that I'd done those trips and like just seeing the outside world. It's such a, it gives you such perspective, right? Like on how yeah. fortunate we are. And it, it made me just want to help as much as possible. Like it just made my purpose so much clearer after going there. And I, I honestly, I felt helpless, you know, because we were giving a lot of product, but I, I, I just wanted to do more. And so I have a vision for the next like five years where we, we build a foundation and I think education is a huge part of it. So yeah. obviously hydration and clean water, but you know, knowledge for these people, they don't have these, you know, they can't just like go on and learn about stuff. And this knowledge like brings about washing your hands, about hydration, about proper nutrition, you know, yeah. it, it can just, it, it can last for generations, you know? So um, anyway, that was a little tangent. So one for one for each purchase that someone made, we were able to donate a serving. We built that into the model of our business, which was very challenging in the beginning when we were losing money and still giving away product. But I was just, you know, I wanted to make sure we stayed true to to who we were and the fabric of, of you know, of 
helping people here, but also helping people around the world. So that's our, that's the mission that was up until this point. And then when all this craziness hit, we have a big events partnership team who do things like I mentioned before, like Coachella and Stagecoach and sporting events and college, you know, college sampling. Obviously, all that just shut off, right? Really quickly. We immediately were like, my first thing was like, how do we help? Like, and once we realized like the people who are going to be saving our lives were going to be the first responders on the front lines, we figured, what if we could take this entire event initiative and turn it into a COVID response? I was fortunate because my dad has offices in China. And so I got to see how it was affecting him working from home. So we were, we were fortunate. I, we kind of got out ahead of this a little bit more than some other companies that I know. And so we were ready to just like be nimble. And we, we didn't know how it was going to happen, but I think we were more, at least in the mindset that they were going to have to be nimble. And so we put up a landing page and we had some nurses and, and doctors and, and first responders reaching out. And then all of a sudden, like literally like overnight, it went completely viral. Like we had like over 3,000 requests within the first week. Wow. I think we shipped like 300,000 servings to like 200 hospitals. And then like we were realizing all, the, all these different learnings, but we actually, we eventually got to over 2 million servings donated over 2000 hospitals and the nurses and the craziest part about like doing good is good business. Like the perfect example is this. We thought there were going to be sticks that were going to be used for marketing and to get people to try the product. We just did it to helping because we had the product. Like I just wanted to make sure that we were going to be doing the right thing. We probably got more recognition of our brand, more people trying the product. These nurses and doctors have spread it so much. It ended up being just as good, if not better for the brand anyway, you know? Right. Totally. Can you speak a little bit? I loved what you were saying earlier about how you faced some like really big challenges in the beginning in terms of like scaling a business while also staying true to that mission. So I wonder if there's any advice that you have for young entrepreneurs or anybody who's starting a business that is having trouble sticking and staying true to like the purpose and the mission while also like scaling a business. Yeah, I think one is that it was just intrinsic for me. So that made it easier because again, that first business I ever idea I had, it was during the Haiti earthquake. So right. it was just sort of like woven into how I thought, but I think the key, and I, I do get this question a lot actually is like from young entrepreneurs, it has to be woven into the fabric of the company. What happens is as soon as you have retailers or customers or investors, the idea of running a business is you have to make enough money to stay afloat or else you have no business. Right? So when things get really tight, when push comes to shove, if, it, if it's between giving back and doing something else, if it's not part of who you are as a business, you're going to do the things that make you more money, whether it's using cheaper ingredients, you know, less sustainable packaging, not giving back. But when it's part of literally, like in our business plan, this was how we were going to grow. I made it a point like we wouldn't be able to grow without it. So when investors came in, they had the expectation that, yeah, we might be losing money for a couple of years but we're going to be, this is going to be part of who we are. And so it bought me some time to like get the business to actually be profitable and grow. If it's not woven into the fabric, who you are as a business, it's really easy for like, you get pushed a little bit one way or the other, and it's easy to get off course really quickly. We wanted to make sure that we had people involved who really loved the product because if it was just like a financial type of a transactional thing, right you know, there's plenty of other money out there, right? Like there's like plenty of investors who want to give us money and we didn't really want to take in money and dilute all of us as, as owners unless it was really going to add extra value. And so we were really selective with who we brought in and we sort of brought a cool random mix of people who all touch different segments. Like, you know, you have Kevin Hart on like the comedy side and then you have like Justin Haley, Steve Aoki on like the, you know, the music side and 
there's a lot of different individuals involved, but the idea was that they would really love the product and then we could, they would help push it out in these different instances. You know, it's been so cool is like building relationships with these people. You know, it's so interesting. You hear different things about, you know, like celebrities, you know, cause in a way they're like almost like their own corporation when it comes to business. And once you get to know people, like the reason they are where they are is because in some way, like they're doing something amazing, something great, and they're trying to change the world in their own way. And so you don't get to hear those stories because there's so much other media about them. But when you get to know these people, like at their core, they're good people trying to do good. Everyone who we brought into the round has their own give back mission or charity or foundation that they're involved in that somehow connects, you know, in with what we do too. And so I just, I thought that it, we called it, we didn't have like a series A or a series B, we called it the CTW round. And so it was just change a total spin on like investor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a spin on it. We wanted that. people who wanted to change the world, you know? I love that. That's really awesome. Congratulations. You have been very open about talking about wanting Liquid IV to be a 360, a brand that changes what we've seen in the past and like makes it more for adults. And it's not just like a Pedialyte or a Gatorade. What do you see next? You've obviously done energy, sleep and hydration, but what do you see next on the path to making it more 360? Yeah. I mean, you hit it on the head. So, you know, hydration was our flagship product and will always be like rooted in hydration. All of our products still hydrate you. But the big vision, like the five, 10 year vision is that, you know, you have like a CTT wall in a store and you have products that all hydrate you, but they all have different use cases, whether it's sleep or energy, or imagine like a probiotic or imagine a a calm product or imagine an immunity product, right? That's as detailed as I can get for you, but we're working on some of those right now. The idea that we can take care of anyone throughout the day, at any point in the day, you just turn to liquid IV and we have this science that allows us just to get more of the nutrients into your bloodstream than anything else out there besides an IV really is the big vision. What advice do you have for people that want to go into an industry, as I was saying before, that feels kind of archaic and doesn't really have the right fit for 2020 and wants to innovate? I mean, you're kind of answering the question on it, to be honest with you. Like, if it's archaic and needs to be innovated, just like, you know, find the sweet spot and and, and just go. I mean, there's a really fine balance in this. And I, again, I hear this a lot from young entrepreneurs of like, you know, planning versus is just starting, right? And I, you know, you, you got to have some sort of a plan and a big vision, but starting, I would say starting in and of itself is the momentum you need to accomplish your wildest dreams. It's like people are like, well, I need to be at the right place in my life. I need to, my boyfriend needs to be doing this. I need to be done with school. I need to have more money. My family's got to do this. I got to live here. Just start like starting creates momentum. Like the first thing I do in the morning gives me momentum to do the next thing. Like it starts and you start the ball rolling and Momentum is just such a powerful thing, you know? Thank you so much for coming on today. Congratulations on your new collaboration. It's so exciting. And we're so so excited that you came on the show to talk about it. Yeah, thank you for having me. I love what you're doing. Thanks. Keep asking those prying questions. That's how you're going to get the good (laughs) answers. And uh, yeah, it's great great to connect. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.